Good morning, guys. So this evening I'm taking part in a panel of local authors um, talking about their farms. It's all farmers who have written books in the last year or two uh, about their farms. And I was asked to take part. And I have eight minutes to talk as my part of the panel. So I thought I'd practice here um, and talk a little bit about my farm and about the book that I wrote about it. That's published by Chelsea Green Publishing. Excuse me. So, our farm was started by Al Pirapan in 1955. And the thing that really makes it different from almost all other farms is that while it is a Christmas tree farm, the Christmas trees are coppiced. And coppicing is something that people don't often associate with something like Christmas trees. You think of it as something that you do to willow, or if you really know your stuff, something you do to, to hazel. And you do it in England, right? Not here. Um, but coppicing is uh, almost an inherently New England thing to do for conifers. And that's because, as far as I'm aware, the guy who influenced Al and who influenced much of why conifers are coppiced uh, lived just a little way over from where our farm is in Ashfield, uh, Massachusetts. And he observed that the natural forest trees he was cutting out of his forest to sell would re-sprout if there were some live branches below the cut. He later went on to convert much of his land to this style of growing Christmas trees and became uh, the head of the National Christmas Tree Growers Association for a couple of years. And in that spread his ideas. Now, Al decided in the 50s that he was going to do this with his trees. And because he is a stubborn guy, his farm has stuck around longer than any other farm doing this that I know of. Um, and it's an innovative way to grow Christmas trees because uh, it cuts out many of the cost inputs required to grow Christmas trees this way, while at the same time creating a rich, stable ecosystem that um, makes for uh, a more productive landscape and certainly a, a landscape that can um, be productive even on land that is difficult to grow trees the more conventional way or just other trees. Um, so I wrote this book in part because no one as far as I knew had articulated this way of growing trees. Um, and while it sounds as simple as just cutting the trees above the stump, it, it, that's, of course, is, uh, as much an abbreviation as saying that you plant crops by putting seeds in the ground. There are all sorts of details that I, I observed from Al doing this for 50 years and from me doing this for 10 years um, that I wanted to put in this book. The other reason I wanted to write this book was our story of taking over this farm from Al embodies a lot of things that are different 
from what I see in farming books these days. Um, perhaps the most glaring is that we chose not to buy the farm. Um, and in doing so, we bucked this story that we tell ourselves in America about how buying a farm is the first step in your journey. And for us, not only was it not the first step, it was a step we deliberately decided not to take after six years of not taking it in the first place. Um, and so we lease our farm from the three different landowners that own the three houses that are on the original property. Um, and that has been unexplored territory to cobble together agreements from all these people who essentially when they bought their house bought into the idea of us continuing um, to maintain these trees. Our farm is also uh, an example of the value of using structure that is impermanent, infrastructure that is impermanent, and maintaining uh, innovative management skills that will allow us to um, to be profitable at a small scale without having to grow. So at times when we looked into needing to build um, some sort of workshop, we built it on a trailer. And then when we needed some sort of storage space, we figured out how to use a giant tarp that we string each year up between some trees. And when we needed to mow a bunch of grass, an acre or two of grass, I learned how to use a scythe. And when I realized that I could be more efficient than how Al was pruning the trees by essentially creating a new tool, uh, the tip of a scythe blade bolted to a sapling. And that slashed the time it took me to prune the trees to about 25% of what it had been. So our farm represents all of these things, right? It's these, this interesting story of deciding to step back from this idea of buying a farm and then growing it and growing it. And part of why we didn't grow it, by the way, is that um, because we don't own the land, um, there's sort of a natural limit to how much has been planted to Christmas trees. And while we could, and we are, improving the density of trees that are grown within that land and the productivity of that land, there are limits to how much we can grow, and there are limits to how much we can actually um, manage properly given that the season is such a short season and given the scale that we want to grow at. So um, we've explored the boundaries of what it means to grow and we've decided that it's 
Uh, there are some ways in which it makes sense to explore increasing productivity and other ways that it does not. Now, I'd say the main thing that our story has to offer to you all in the room is, and I say you all in the room because I'm thinking about my talk, uh, and look, I'm already over eight minutes, eight and a half minutes. So the thing that I feel like our story has to offer is this idea that taking over an existing farm has value. And ours is the story of taking over a farm and not just recreating it in our own image, but faithfully carrying it forward, which I think is something rare, especially it's rare um, when it's not your own family. I think around here, we see a certain amount of generational change within, uh, within family farms, but to take over someone else's farm and figure out how to financially and relationships-wise make it work is a rare thing. And our book explores the, the troubles that we had with that and the opportunities that that gave us. Um, and I think that the story, I think, gives us hope that it can happen again at a time when we see so many farmers retiring and no one wanting to take on what they've created. Um, it often feels like the conversation is mostly shaped around young farmers coming in and starting something new. But I would argue that what we also need is more of young farmers coming in and taking over something old. Well, 10 minutes. So, I guess I need to cut out some of that stuff in the middle. But I like how that ended. Wish me luck for tonight.